I didn't start diversifying until my solar company was revenue in over $10 million. I don't want to be 75 in a Ferrari unless I've had a Ferrari for 50 years. You could throw me in the Sahara Desert. As long as my brain works, as long as everything still works the same, I could come back and do the exact same thing in half the time. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode three of 10 Questions with Millionaires. I'm here with Grant Mitt. He's the CEO and founder of Mitt Group, which is an awesome solar company, as well as Mitt Blockchain. He's a serial entrepreneur. Super pumped to be here with you today, man. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'll get right into it. My first question for you is, as someone who's as young as you are, who's been able to build a really successful business, mm -hmm. scale to millions of dollars in revenue, um, how have you maintained the confidence as a young person in an industry where a lot of the people, the owners, may be a lot older than you, maybe two or three times your age? How have you been able to maintain that confidence and uh, the level of success that you have at such a young age? Two answers. One, if you make it a big deal, they make it a big deal. So nobody really gives a shit unless you do. Two, when you're in the NFL, you can get cut whether you're a rookie or you're a 19-year veteran. And both people can win the Super Bowl and both people can win the MVP. So once, I mean, I, I want to say it's 18, but I mean, heck, as soon as you actively are trying to attack the market in business, it's anyone's game. Mm -hmm. Anybody can lose. Anybody can win. And the market chooses who they want to do business with. And if they have a problem with it, they can go do business somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter. Once you're in the NFL, you compete and whoever wins, wins. And so if... A person, if you're 21 or 22 or you're 30 or whatever you are, 25, if you choose to think that that's an issue, all it is is your brain trying to give you some reason to justify why you're not as successful as you are. For every person individually, a switch kind of goes off where they're like, okay, I'm not going to go and work a job. I'm not going to go work the corporate route. What moment was it for you in your life? And ultimately, why did you make the decision to pursue the entrepreneur route as opposed to playing it safe, maybe getting a comfortable six-figure job in the corporate world? What kind of clicked in you that you were like, this is what I had to do? I had too many people to provide for, and I had too much people that were depending on me. I had no choice. So I was... And the thing is, someone starting a business, I think most people shouldn't start a business personally. Um, if you look at the numbers, it's 86% of companies in the United States break even or lose money. One half of 1% ever revenues over $10 million. So if you actually line up what business owners actually make versus an employee, the employee net revenue on average is actually the employee makes about three dollars to $4,000 more. I think it's like fifty eight to fifty five. So most business operators... They do not make a lot of money. So you got to figure out if you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur. And many times you can become an entrepreneur. We're working, for example, we've had people that work at, at Make Group that will be multi-millionaires, wow. multi-millionaires. And because they're an entrepreneur within the company. Now that has to assume that you work in an incredible company that gives you the opportunity to be an entrepreneur or excuse me, an entrepreneur within the business. But what flipped the switch and helped me like just do it is that I had to. And I realized that when I could do it, I had the time, I had the resources, I was prepared with the capital. Every single thing was right. I just had to pull the trigger. But I knew that I was okay losing absolutely every single penny knowing that I tried, but I wasn't okay continuing for two to three years doing something that I knew I shouldn't do when I knew what I was capable of. How important is it to you as an entrepreneur to diversify beyond just 
maybe one or two hustles, but how important do you think has it been for you? And is it for entrepreneurs in general to diversify what they're doing beyond just one or two things? I don't think people should diversify. I think Mark Cuban or um, someone was talking about this. Diversification is for idiots. Mm -hmm. So it's limiting your failures because you're not that great at one thing. So think about it. Like I didn't start diversifying until my solar company was revenue in over $10 million. And even then, most of my focus and energy is going to that and we'll revenue 30 this year. And next year when we revenue 90, 120, that's winning first. So if I wasn't doing great in solar... I would be, I would not be thinking about crypto. I wouldn't be thinking about any other venture in, in finance or anything. You know, we, we all heard the saying, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. But if you actually study what made them millionaires, it wasn't seven things. It was one thing. They were really good at real estate. They were really good at finance. They were an athlete. They worked their way up and they invested everything or whatever the case. For me, solar. For other people, it's, it's, they were a YouTuber and then they started all these ventures. So you, you make the big pile and you finally make it. Then you start allocating the money into different, in different buckets that can spit out money. But there's no point to diversify if you got no money. That means you're just going to be kind of good at a bunch of things and really great at nothing. For someone who has tapped into social media though, Mm -hmm. you know, you've built, uh, a following of over 100,000 people, which already puts you in the top 1% as a content creator. One of the things that I noticed about a lot of business owners, though, is that they don't have you know, a social media presence. How important do you think it is for uh, business leaders and people in the business world in general, whether it's for recognition, networking, clients, how important has leveraging that social media following been for you? It's huge. I mean, if you think about, and, and mine's, like you said, mine's only, you know, on TikTok, like 145,000, Instagram's 25,000. So I don't even have a massive following, but just that alone, I mean, 30, 30%, for example, we were on company-wide meeting, uh, last Monday and we had six, seven people that were starting and our RSM was like, or one of our director sales, whatever was like, Hey, you know, tell us about yourself, how you start working for the company how you got a job. And they would talk and 30 to 40% of those people would go, Oh, I was following Grant. I live in Portland. Or I live in Tennessee or I live in Florida and I was actually following Grant on TikTok for six months mm-hmm. and then I saw this job and then boom. Now all of a sudden we got this unbelievably talented person that's working the company would have never saw us if it wasn't for social media. I just want to give out free information on how to help people and if something good comes with it, that's great. But what's interesting is it's helped so much with credibility. And it's like I've, I've been on, I'm on Fox Business a lot and I'm on a lot of different things that would have never happened. Even if my company was 10 times bigger, unless I was active on social media. And so it helps with building your brand. It builds connections. When you can build an individual brand and you're not there to just make money, but you just want to actually help people, I think people respect that. And they go, you know what? I like, and not everyone's going to like you, right? It is what it is, but that's okay. It's not my job to just, I just be myself and help people. And if they like it, then amazing. If they don't, it's all good. It's all love. How important has risk taking been to you throughout your career? You know, you hear a lot people always talking about, you know, one of the biggest things that they regret at an older age is, is not taking risks. But for you, you know, you took a lot of risk at a young age to get to where you are now. How important has that been to the success of your life? Risk taking is everything. Um, there's times you need to be risk on, risk off. You need to prepare for a rainy day. You have to be smart. But at the end of the day, if you're not investing in yourself and your career and your development, you're not going to be successful. And, you know, school teaches you to play it safe. I, 
love nice cars. I like traveling. I like doing nice things. But I would much rather be doing those things when I'm 27 or 35 or 40 or when my kids are young and I'm doing it then compared to when I'm 75. I don't want to be 75 in a Ferrari unless I've had a Ferrari for 50 years. I want to be able to help people now. And so the thing is, is that you have to be, to be successful in anything, you could throw me in the Sahara Desert as long as my brain works, as long as everything still works the same, I could come back and do the exact same thing in half the time. Because as long as my brain works, as long as everything is still the same, I know how to do it now. And so once you can be so confident in your abilities that your performance is guaranteed as long and you trust yourself and you got to trust yourself by keeping the promises you give to yourself and performing and executing when, when things get tough, that's when you're more comfortable taking risks because the best bet is on yourself when you know that you're going to win. Early on in your career, you know, you were primarily in sales. How has the skills that you learned from being a salesman translated and helped you own a company of your own at such a young age? I heard the saying the other day, you can't Google experience. You can't Google it. You have to go through it. And someone can teach you all the tricks, all the cool things to say. You could dress perfect, but until you've been told no, until you've been cussed out, until you've been screamed at, until you have people tell you no after no after no, and you still have to have that same attitude and still be able to deliver the, the message the right way, you won't get it. There's no textbook that can teach it besides making thousands and thousands of cold calls, knocking on doors, going through so many different experiences. And when you're in sales and you learn how to communicate to all different types of people, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different ages, different experiences, you have no choice but to get better because you learn quickly what works and what doesn't work. And so that's that's what I found is that at 18, 19, I started, I was literally selling DirecTV in Walmarts. Yeah. People don't want to talk about DirecTV when they're buying bread or they're pissed off or they're tired from work. Yeah. But man, we, we sold a lot of DirecTV and you learned. How many states is uh, Make Group currently, I guess, closing deals right now for solar? We're at 17 right now. What has been the biggest thing that has led to your success in scaling the business in terms of revenue, in terms of just obtaining clients in different places all around the country? Yeah. What was the biggest thing that really helped you scale and that you would recommend to someone else who's trying to, again, take their business from six to seven figures to mm -hmm. eight figures? So all scaling is, is doing the little things right at scale. So if you can't, this is a problem is people try to scale before they're actually conquering one thing. Like people are like, oh, should I go to Europe? Oh, should I go to a different city? Well, are you crushing it in the current place that you're at? And everything is fundamentals. People think that this new cool technology or a CRM or hiring some smart guy is going to scale your business. It could by 10, 20%, but it's not going to double and triple and quadruple your revenue doing the right things and getting people. Scaling is people. At the end of the day, we're going to need thousands of people to be a billion dollar company that know what they're doing, that are as smart or smarter than me in different single areas. And we have to operate efficiently and effectively at that scale. You need people. A CRM or some cool technology or some cool social media posts, that's great. 
But unless it's operative, it's an operating business with tons of people who know what they're doing without you over there overshadowing on them and doing everything for them, you can't scale a business. Being a business owner at a young age, especially, yeah. can come with a lot of stress. How do you avoid burnout and what keeps you motivated? Burnout only happens when you don't control your energy and your emotions. And so the reason why so many people burn out is you wake up with a certain amount of energy every single day. And each communication, each interaction, each decision that you make drains a little bit of that energy. And if you're a business owner or if you're just a leader at a company or if you're in real estate or whatever you're doing, you're in sales, each interaction, you have to make sure that it is worth your time. So the word no is way more important. So you don't want to be wasting it on things that aren't adding value to you, your business, and your team. If something goes wrong in an appointment, and you're pissed off and you're freaking out and you're wasting all this energy being upset, it's going to affect the next appointment. It's all about just staying extremely level-headed through the highs and through the lows. Energy management, emotional control, and being consistent and just knowing when to take a break. And at the end of the day, you don't get burnt out when you win. If you have a plan and you have a, a, a process and a system, you're going to win. And when you're winning consistently, it's fun and it's going to be very difficult to get burnt out. What made you decide to pursue the solar industry? You know, mm -hmm. it's a, a new industry. Uh, and why do you think people should be looking to invest in renewable energy? And I guess in your case, solar, like what was it that stood out to you? That's like, I want to kind of build a company mm -hmm. around solar sales. The short time that I was in college, it was like 2014, 2016. I was looking at what are the emerging industries, like no matter what I feel, no matter what your political view is, what is going to be bigger in the next 20 years than it is today? And you saw tech, AI, robotics, renewable energy, crypto, were just like a few just off the top of my head. I said, okay, I don't know much about any of those industries, but I knew that if I studied them and I had a chance to get the foot in the door, I'm assuming that I would learn it and be able to see if it was a good fit for me and then I can you know, build around and, and be successful in that industry in whatever way. It didn't have to be starting a business, right? But it just had to be involved in those industries. And it was clear that all the people who were smart around my age group that were listening to the system, the system is school, their parents, who were also the smart people before, were all going into the same industries. So I wanted to do the opposite of them. Because I knew nobody was going in that direction, which means there'd be disruption. It was mean there'd be a chance for me to get in early and be able to make a mark. When it comes to building a company mm -hmm. and hiring the right people, building the right team around you, what is, I guess, the biggest factors or traits that you look for in people when you're building that company, launching that venture? What mm -hmm. is it that you look for in people that you're like, I need to bring him onto the team? We look for a couple different things at Maker that's super, super important that are non-negotiables for me. I do not care how talented you are. I don't care where you went to school. I don't care if you knew someone at the company and it's a referral. It doesn't matter to me. You have to be coachable and you have to be humble. So I don't care if you're the most talented sales rep at XYZ company. That's amazing. That's good. That tells me that you have talent, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be successful here. Are you coachable? Are you humble? And are you persistent? And the last thing I've noticed is that if they haven't gone through anything in life, or if they have a backup plan, meaning they have wealthy parents or they maybe have passive income of some sort or they have something that if they don't succeed, they can fall back on, they almost never succeed. So someone that has to make it no matter what always will find a way. So that wraps up this episode, guys, of 10 Questions with Millionaire Grant Mitt. 
Grant, had an awesome time with you today. Got to know you a little bit more, kind of tell a little bit more about your story. Um, and for all of you guys, make sure that you check Grant Mitt out on social media, Grant Mitt on Instagram and TikTok, yep. as well as the Grant Mitt podcast on Apple, and Spotify uh, on as well. And uh, yeah, guys, we hope that you enjoyed it. Make sure that you leave us a like on the video and subscribe. And we'll be back to you guys with episode four soon.